Okay. Let's get ready to rumble! Hello and welcome to Netflix vs. Cinema, uh, the podcast that goes to the cinema every week, sees a couple of things, rates them out of five, stays at home, sees a couple of things, rates them out of five, weighs them up against each other and sees where has the money been better spent this week. My name is Tosin and I am your host and I am co- uh, well recording from somewhere in the UK called Bromsgrove just outside Birmingham in the middle of the country and joining me as always on the Isle of Wight are Sharon Bolland. Hello there. Sean Harris. Hiya. And bring in a bit of, you know, mm-hmm. I guess class, would you say, to the to proceedings, or a bit of a big city to the proceedings. It's a Lauren Condor's correspondent, Holly Nestling. Aye. And uh, this is the first time we've had a full house of us in God knows how long. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, yeah, it's been a while. Because before Christmas, I decided, like, you know, oh, let's become a dad for the second time. And then that just sort of, that, that's thrown a spanner in the works. And then it's just been like a piecemeal. Okay, who have we got on deck? Get them in, get them in, get them in, get them in. And now we actually have everybody back. Sean has survived Thailand again. <laughs> just, just. <laughs> you survived Thailand. How did, how did writing your memoirs, because you said for Christmas you were going to be writing your memoirs on a beach in Thailand. How did that go? Not so good. I'm afraid. <laughs> Not so good. Not. It's like me. I procrastinated. I found other things to do. I I, I had a little because I was on the island. I I rented a little moped and went exploring. So uh, I went. So I went. Yeah, I went to you know to to some other places and yeah. sampled some street food. And it just never really. And then then as I say, for, for a couple of days, I wasn't feeling particularly good. So so now I'm afraid. I'm afraid I'll have to wait till. October. Okay, so because that's the thing, Sean. Knowing knowing what you're like, right? I was just thinking, hang on a second. This is Sean. He is not going to go. He's not going to go all the way to Thailand and just sit on a beach. There's too much stuff going out there. There's too much life to live. There's too many too many people to meet. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Oh, all right. Cool. But anyway, we are glad that you are back with us. Thank glad you. that you're Thank back you. with us. And um, right. It's and Sharon. Sh- I'm trying to. Hmm. I'm trying to think with it. Okay, let's kick off with this. Sharon, you have essentially become, uh, as I said on our WhatsApp group, if you come like, you know, our Jeremy Na- Jeremy Vine on election night, <laughs> when it comes to our YouTube, uh, when it comes to our YouTube um, channel. So do you want to tell us what's been happening? What, what what are the trends you've noticed on the YouTube channel? Because you keep looking at, and every now and then we get a message from you going, oh, guys, guess what? Oh, look at this. Well, yeah, I do keep an eye on what the analytics for our, our YouTube channel and see what is what's performing well and what sort of there's some sort of like they are slow burners they're ones we've had out for a while but they still get regular views so i keep an eye on things but we had this week we had a particular view, review of godzilla minus one yes that has been particularly well received and yes. it has had um at last count and i looked at it earlier today because i had a very busy day it was 1400 and climbing Wow. And yeah, and were... for, for us, that's a lot. That's a lot of attention <laughs> being paid to us. us. In six days, in six days. And then there have been a number of comments and 37 likes. And I think as a result of that video, we've got an extra four or possibly five new subscribers. Wow. And what? it's been performing well in Japan. We had 26 of the view- 26% of the viewers are just from Japan. Wow. And there's something like 19% are from the United States. And the oh. rest is like not strongly sort of shown in the demographics, but the demographics are it's performing over half of the views are from either the United States or in Japan itself. Oh, oh, 
what you're telling us is that we're getting big in Japan. <laughs> big in Japan. So, yeah, it has been performing well. So, and what you've been, what you said about how you thought it was just like the best thing you'd seen in ages, it's actually really resonating with a lot of people. As Tosin will be able to tell you from some of the comments. Yes, that. yes, yes. I can, I can have a look at this. So, so every now and then, every now and then, this happens where we have, we have, uh, and I think you were saying earlier, we, we. We're new to this whole YouTube thing and we don't really understand exactly what makes one thing hit or another thing go because we don't we don't particularly go chasing the views. We don't particularly go going, ooh, what's trending right now? Let's make a video on what's trending. We don't really do that. We just put stuff out there and then every now and then we're like, oh, 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 oh something's hit. So so we've had, let's see, um, Sean, a lot of people are, are essentially a lot of people are liking it, are liking okay. what you said about it. So we've had somebody called Slam and Jam 2 who said, this is a must watch in theaters about Godzilla minus one. He says, already saw it twice in IMAX and honestly, I want to see it once more before it's gone. Wow. And um, let's see, user, whole bunch of random letters and numbers <laughs> says, you owe it to yourself to see G minus one in a real movie theater, which apparently is becoming a thing. And people are just referring to it as G minus one. And even when you go onto Twitter and you do like a hashtag Godzilla minus one, it's become one of these things that like a little picture of Godzilla pops up right beside it when you put the <laughs> hashtag in, because there's enough, there's so many people talking about this and this in this country anyway. And I feel like in the, in the English speaking world, it's become a bit of a sleeper hit where it's come out and obviously people are like, Oh my word, we need to go see this film. And I don't think I have, I haven't seen this much, word of mouth hype about a Godzilla movie in years. I, I just mm -hmm. really haven't seen it. So, and um, let's see, somebody saying, seen it three times. This is somebody called Dolphin Nation. Seen it three times, took my daughter, took my wife, then we all wanted to see it again. <laughs> so wow. I guess it went, <laughs> went a third time to all, to all go see it. And somebody who's just so said, thanks for giving the big G some promotion. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. That's all right. That's good. Yes. So this is all of you, Sean. And and this this one is this one I, I don't know because i guess when you said Sh sharon when you said that um i hadn't looked into it to see where the the views had come from when you said that a lot of the views have come from japan this it makes this um last uh comment make a lot more sense and it's simply just by someone called dave dash el6 rh and he just so sort of simply says well, i'm guessing it's a he just simply says thank you really thank you Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just just so I think it means, and if I look, at, uh, Sharon, I may be wrong about this, but I feel like the the top two things that we've reviewed are Godzilla minus one and the oh, the one fire, of fire. Destiny. Yes, the fire fire of destinies, which are yeah. both non English <laughs> non English t um, uh, productions, and I'm guessing that people are looking at it and are seeing that. We we might be one of the few things in English, definitely with the with the fire of destiny. The destiny, what is it? Is it the fire of destiny? Bonfire, fire of bon the bonfire of destiny. Bonfire of destiny. I think we're one of the only English things on that. And um, Godzilla minus one. I'm guessing we must be one of the few English things on there yeah. because wow. it's it's yeah. So because the bonfire video, we still regularly get twenty or thirty views a week on that one. Yeah, yeah, we do. So yeah. even though it's been out there for a few years, and it's not ever had a massive it's never been like hundreds in one week but nearly every single week we get views we, on it we pretty much have views, never noticed the number of views we're getting on that or that we're just around our go hang on a second what how did that happen yeah i think it's, it's really um up to 1500 now so it's it's just been and it's we've never ever had more than like sort of 20 or 30 a week but it's just for constantly for the last two years we get regularly you know 20 yeah. 30 people view it every month so, so, so we get persuasion 
Yeah, yeah, but persuasion, persuasion was, was up there, but it's about eight hundred. Was just under eight hundred views. Yeah, for, and the for... Murdoch murders. That was is it Murdoch murders, but mm -hmm. yeah, 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 Murdo yeah, yeah, murders. That Mur was Murtar. that's up there with the Murtar murders. That's it. I knew something like that. That's yeah, plus seven hundred plus because most of our videos tend to hover below the hundred mark. We've only well, yeah. of our like four hundred videos. We've got, I think it's like 15 that have got over 100 views. Oh. And then we've only got two that are in the thousands. So yes. we don't have, uh, we have regular, you know, we have regular sort of um, subscribers who sort of come along and watch some of our videos, but they're not, we're not a huge hitting out there on that. We're not a big presence on No, YouTube. no, no, we're not a big presence at all. And it's, uh, but it's, it's kind of like, so we're still like, oh my God, <gasps> we got noticed. What is, yeah, what if that's why I'm so fascinated by the figures. I look at the figures and I go, yeah, what is it? It could be that it's just like, again, so the way that we review, we review non-English speaking mm. films, yep. which they always tend to do perform well. And yeah, I suppose we just we just care about the films we see. So um, we don't go chasing the sort of big hitters. We just review films that we really care about <laughs> yeah but, uh, but it, it, could, it could mean that uh, and if we want if we wanted to chase the views we would probably just go right that's it from now on. we only speak about non-english language things but th that that requires too much focus <laughs> I think we've got too much focus. We can't be bothered. We're just going to watch what we are going to watch, and we're going to talk about it. And every now and then, people will notice us. That is fine. If you're one of the people that notice us, thank you very much. And please, 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 do listen to some other things. Watch some of the stuff that we said about things that are made in English. They might be fun. You never know. Like and subscribe. And yeah. they say, like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. <laughs> the like, like button. And subscribe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, you know, I was actually thinking about putting that something like that. It's like, hey. I was thinking of putting something like that on the end of each video, and I thought, why am I trying to give myself more work? I can't. <laughs> I can't like it, be like doing it, this. I can't be I doing this. Yeah, oh, but uh, even even said that I do. I do still have to make an advert that we put up on like a podcast advert. But never mind. If you listen to us, if you get in touch with us, if you send us any message whatsoever, thank you very much. Please continue doing it. And um, yeah, who knows? We might be able to be able to make a pound each out of this podcast yet. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right, cool. So uh, that's uh, the YouTube with Godzilla's uh, stuff done. But uh, how about what we have been watching in the cinema? So I think at the moment we have um, Steph, which is that's a uh, Steph. Who I have decided that Holly, you're the you're a London correspondent. I think Steph needs an official title on this show, and I've decided that she is Holly's cinema enabler. Excellent. I will inform. Because... Be pleased to know. Yes, she is still not back on holiday, so therefore, yeah. She, she is, is back tomorrow, and we are going to see two things on Saturday. We are just determining which two they will be. Okay, tell tell her to have a listen. Tell her to go to our YouTube channel and have a look and not see any of the films we've already reviewed, because that would be redundant. <laughs> plan is for tomorrow, I think, possibly, um, The Beekeeper and Priscilla. All right, cool. We have not reviewed either of those. Yes, those uh, I approve. Those, those, those so right I am not going to be able to do next week, so I may have to record a review by myself and send it to you. Uh, I'm going to blame Steph. But anyway, <laughs> until she comes on this podcast, I'm just going to blame everything on her. All right. And um, so well, how about um, Sean, Sharon, what did you see in the cinema? Okay. Well, yeah, I saw Night Swim. All right. You know, Night Swim. Trying, trying to capture that horror vibe. Which... Yeah. And, uh, you know, 
you know, honestly, right? Sure. This is, we will get to your review of this. Yeah, we'll yeah, yeah, yeah. This. But I, I, I heard about Night Swim. I heard about the general thing about this. And I, I, my first thing was, there's no way, there's no way in hell Sean likes this film. There's, there's no way in hell Sean is going to like this film. But, but we will wait, we will wait, and I will wait a bated breath to see whether I am right or whether I am wrong. And uh, Sharon, what about you in cinema? What did you see? I saw One Life at the cinema this week. One life with Anthony Hopkins and Anthony your Hopkins. and your favorite Johnny Flynn. Johnny Flynn. Yeah. Wait, wait, I have to admit, I don't see the I don't see the attraction to Johnny Flynn. But hey, each to their <laughs> own. <laughs> but, all right, cool. And um, how about at home? What have we seen at home, Holly? This week I have finished. Um, form a coherent sentence. I finished. Uh, fool me once. Fool me once, and okay. also watched. The magic that is Monster Nado. I okay. So th- for those of you who don't listen to the podcast regularly, Holly has Holly and Sharon share this obsession with terrible shark movies spearheaded by Sharknado. And last week, I brought to Holly and Sharon's attention that there was a film called Monster Nado out in the universe, and I have regretted pointing this out to Holly ever since. <laughs> <laughs> I have regretted pointing this out to her. So yes, you watched Monster Nado, and we have said I will give you two minutes before we finish recording, two minutes and no more to talk about Monster Nado because you believe you have to share. You, 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 misery loves company, and you decided that. (laughs) And I'm hoping that I can inspire other people to watch it, so Uh. they can tell me what actually happened. (laughs) Okay, cool. And okay, and um, uh, Sean, what did you see? Okay, well, I watched um, South Park. They got there was a because I'm I've got Amazon. I've subscribed to Amazon now. They got like seven day free trial for Paramount. So yeah, Paramount Plus. Yeah, uh, yeah. I watched uh, South Park, the Pandaverse, and um, also I watched the thing on Prime called The Treacherous, which was a a Korean movie. Okay, all right. I don't know if we'll have time to do what. Yeah, what I think we're going to have a pretty packed show today. So we are going to be moving some things on to next week. And I will be figuring that out as we go along. <laughs> All right. And Sharon, what did you see at home? I saw, I saw on Catch Up on ITVX, a drama that's causing a lot of stir in Britain at the moment. Um, Mr. Bates versus the post office. Mr. Bates I... versus the post office. Yes. Yes. Which, which, um, which, and uh, that, that I was like, okay, cool, yeah. Uh, we don't, we don't walk around chasing the trends, but I feel like we need to talk about that. <laughs> I feel like we need to talk about that. All right, cool. So let us kick off uh, with no further ado. I'll kick off quickly with One Life. Sharon, tell us about One Life. One Life, yeah. This is a biopic of a man called Nicholas Winston, who, um, in 1938, he was doing, a, he was on a mission to Czechoslovakia, and it was just after. Um, Hitler's Nazi National Socialist Party had invaded one part of um, Czechoslovakia, the Sudetenland, and he goes to Prague basically to uh, as part of his work. And when he's there, he sees the plight of some of the refugees. And as he has been shown around some of the refugee areas, he is particularly struck by the plight of unaccompanied children, and even some of the ones, and even those children who have parents. The fact that these young young children are in a desperate situation and he goes back to britain and he's determined that he can do what he can and so he basically him and his family organize what is called the kinder transports whereby they organize foster care they pay a fee 
they guarantee and they organize the papers to get these children out of these desperate situations. And in a period of before the world started, so from 1937, I think it was, to 1938, so only over two years, he organized something like eight kinder transport trains and successfully managed to save the lives of over 600 children by finding them a spot. Each child was found, had, he found a sponsor for them, he paid the fee for them, and he organized foster care. And yeah, he recorded every single one of these children. And the film is a story of how this happened, how he came to do these kinder transports. And also uh, in his old age, he wants to find a depository for his scrapbook that he kept recording the lives of these children and the story of the kinder transports. And he happens to give it to, um, um, I quite forget her name, but um, Mrs. Maxwell. Um, it, it ends up with Esther Ransom, but he gives it to Robert Maxwell's wife. She's a French journalist and historian. He gives it to her. He's introduced to her. And she says, this is actually a massive story. And then she, through her media contacts, it ends up on the desk of That's Life. And hmm. Mr. Uh, Winton attends. And they happen to have found one of his kinder transport children. And he's like reunited with them. And then as the story unfolds, basically, um, he gets to meet more of the children that he saved. And be... sorry, it became sorry, because... a big story at the time. Yeah, because um, I wasn't in the UK at the time, but even though it's it's just part of the cultural sort of like awareness, cultural lexicon, the, the bit where That's Life, which is a TV show that was uh, that was um, hosted by Esther Ranson in the, was yes, it the it, 80s or yeah. the 70s? 70s and early 80s. But yeah. yes, it was had they, had, they did comic stories, they did silly things. They had like misshapen vegetables that looked like a, a man smoking a cigar they had that sort of thing they they mixed comedy but they also had this real pathos so they did real deep stories and what attracted me to this story this for this film this week was um was a, there's a theme running through my films i've seen this week was how as a television program has real impact in the real world yeah <laughs> how something yeah. that was might have started off as entertainment actually resonated and the fact that his story was known the people started contacting this life to say actually i was on one of the kinder transports too. Yeah. And they have this, there's a very famous episode of That's Life where he is sat in the front of the audience and Esther Ranson says, can anyone who has was affected by the kinder transports please stand up? And the entire studio stands up and he looks around and he sees basically these hundreds of people who wouldn't be there if he hadn't done his small thing. And he regards it as like he's like a very small part. He did what he could, but he always felt that it was never quite enough but and they're saying that you know that your your that one life that you save, you also save her children, her grandchildren, her future, yeah. and but for everyone that you didn't save, you know that your the impact on those that you did was immense. And yeah. he was after this event, so you know, that it, it drew the attention of the media, it drew the attention of public life, and he was actually knighted um, quite late in life, but he was actually knighted for his work. And he became obviously Sir Nicholas Winton, and he lived to be the age of 106. So he oh, had wow. this long life, um, but it was a life that had impact. So one life, as in the name of the film, can make a real impact, as we'll yeah. see in my other film that I review later. But no, it was <laughs> it was played by young Nicholas Winton, was played by um, Johnny Flynn, and older Nicholas Winton was played by Sir Anthony Hopkins. Uh, so yeah, great, a good cast. Helena Bonham Carter plays young Johnny Flynn's mum. 
Mm. And there's other sort of actors and actresses who pop up, but they're the principal ones that everyone would recognise. Uh, but no, so no, it's very well done. I enjoyed it. Um, some moments it felt a little bit quiet. It took a little bit to get into because it felt a little bit slow burn. Um, but I really thought it was well done. It's a story that's obviously worth telling. Um, this one life, you can celebrate one life and the things they do, acknowledge their achievements, which yeah. is what people do for Sir Nicholas Winton. And so, yeah, I think it's certainly worth, worth checking out. Um, so quite a sombre film in places, but um, it has that a good heart to it. Um, but yeah, it wasn't a perfect film, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And my friends enjoyed it as well when we went together. So I would give it a definitely a, a strong three. I don't think it's quite a four for me, um, even though the story is a four, absolutely. But I think the film, the execution, the tone, to me, it was, it was a solid film, but it was a three. Yeah, yeah. The uh, thing is, I can tell that uh, either A, I'm getting older, or B, that I'm a dad now. But even you just talking about, so you just talking about the um, the the moment when he, all the kids stand up around him, and I'm already kind of welling up. But <laughs> I'm just I'm just sitting going, oh my god, yeah, oh, yeah oh, no, <laughs> never mind, never mind. Let's move on. <laughs> that's, that's no, no, that 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 does sound that the I mean the story I agree does sound absolutely amazing. And the fact that I've never actually seen the moment, but I've heard about it, and people just keep talking about it and saying yeah. that was one of the, like I think it keeps making lists on the top ten TV moments of the decade or something or the century yeah. or something like that. Um, and also, yeah, the power of TV. So thank you very much for that, Sharon. That is three stars for one life. And now we go over to um, uh, Netflix and Friends. And now we go with Fool Me Once. And Fool Me Once. Holly, I'm going to give you... Now, this is what happens when you actually watch something good. You get five minutes. You get uh, five minutes to talk about Five minutes. Five minutes. Five minutes to talk about this as, oppo as opposed to Monsternado, which you get two minutes later on if you can fit it in. But in some ways, you can talk more about Monsternado, bizarrely, because you're not worrying about giving anything away. So <laughs> it has a certain flexibility to it. Okay, cool. Fool Me Once so on Netflix. Fool Me Once is an eight-part series on Netflix uh, based upon the book by Harlan Coven. Um, its lead character is played by Michelle Keegan, uh, who is a who is from Northern England, and it was in the she army and had been a military helicopter pilot. Oh, the character as opposed to the actor. The character as opposed yeah. to the actor. Uh, though she has been in all sorts of TV that I have never watched. Um, Coronation Street, most most notably. And she is married to... Um, What's-his-face, whose name I can never remember, which is ridiculous, which is why I'm having to double-check. We'll call him Guy. Yes, Richard Armitage. Oh, he Ooh. loves being in Harlan Coben stuff. He does, no. doesn't he? Now He's I'm always interested. chewing up in Harlan Coben stuff. All right, yeah. So, oh, yeah. so they are, they are married. They have a young child. He comes from a very, very wealthy family. His mother is played by Joanna Lumley, and you know I have very mixed views about Joanna Lumley, <laughs> and will not always tolerate watching things if she's in them. Um, and he has a number of other siblings. So it all begins with, you know, they are, they are happy getting married and um at, or, or at this point are married and the series really then moves off with him having been killed in a um in a, a robbery attempted robbery on the on the streets of whichever bit of london they live in and he's been shot she has left 
the military in circumstances which are not entirely clear but it, you have a, a strong feeling that it's of the not quite Abu Ghraib-esque but there was there was something bad that yeah. has, she has did she seems to have done something wrong and the series begins to unfold with her trying to find out what actually what actually has happened she can't believe she starts to think that possibly her husband might not be dead as there's some you know mysterious footage all sorts of slightly odd things happen and she starts to think what is going on behind this her yeah. sister had been murdered prior to her husband's death in a break and a break and enter, enter and all of these very difficult things have happened she's trying to readjust to life with these without her you know without her husband with this stilted relationship with his incredibly wealthy family and this sort of overwhelming sense of what all of these things that have you know what what's actually happened in a sort of traditional harlan coburn fashion you know yeah. that there are things that go back over the years that you're not sure about and that will slowly over eight episodes unfold yeah he seems he seems to be quite good at that. Harlan Coben is like, here is the premise, premise coming on and go. And I've never actually read any of his books or watched any of his things, but it seems as if it's just kind of like he's good at doing the sort of I would say pulpy thriller. Yes, kind of, yeah. I've seen a couple of his. I've seen the five, um, which was on Netflix, and another one. Was it called The Woods? It was a pol. It was a Polish. Okay, all right. That was done with, but I watched simultaneously with subtitles and dubbing, which was quite interesting for seeing what was one of those moments of the contrast <laughs> where you see between what you get from each of them. It was yeah. fascinating. Oh, this was not. I've done that before. <laughs> so, so okay, so back to Fool Me Once. Um, what did you think about, so, uh, so that's the thing, and I know that we can't really talk about it much more because then we start getting into spoiler territory. I think that's the, yeah. that's the nature so there... of the Corbin stuff. So there are a few bits that are quite interesting about it because it has a very American feel. Yes. That is said, that's, you know, that's not a good thing or a bad thing. It's just, it's a story that would fit better in the US. I think, I think the original book was actually set in the US. And that would make sense. There are all sorts of things. One of, one of the things about it is, um, is guns there are they are more <laughs> liberal with guns in it than you would just ever expect in the UK there are guns present in a way that we simply don't see here you don't have people who have a gun you know normal people don't have a gun safe at home we just it's just sort of unimaginable yeah so there are <laughs> elements like that which just you look at and think don't quite it's yeah. not it's not wrong. It just feels a little bit incongruous. Yeah, I've, I've I've heard that about the guns. I've heard this in reviews about this film. They say that yeah, the guns is 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 a bit. It takes you out of it a bit. And the his family have a much more American feel to them. Hmm. Whilst they're ostensibly you know a wealthy you know a long-standing wealthy you know upper sort of upper middle class family they feel more like 
American upper middle class, the the nature of the sort of the family business money and things, it doesn't feel, sounds really stupid, it doesn't feel very British. Okay. Um, but it doesn't. They just, it's a little bit incongruous. It's just not cricket. Just not cricket. <laughs> well, we, okay. we don't have those sorts of, we don't quite have those sorts of families. It's just not... Well, I, 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 I guess, I guess we do, just not in that sort of way. Yeah, but, yeah uh, we have all sorts of very odd families, but we don't have families that are that sort of financial setup. Okay. It's a bit uh, weird. It's 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 worth watching to once you get to the end, you're like, oh yeah, no, that's that's odd, but it is really well put together. Yeah. Um, it's very well cast. It really has pace. I mean, it's it's compulsive. You want to get to the end. I didn't. I didn't see the final twists at all. Oh. At all, at all, at all. I was genuinely, you know, surprised. Uh, and other people I know who are also good, who are be much better at me at predicting what's going to happen, didn't see it coming either. Oh, and, oh okay, cool. And so some of that is also... A little bit of that is, I think, because of cultural, some things would be possibly a little bit more predictable in the US than in the UK. Okay. Possibly. Not necessarily, oh. possibly. So how many stars would you give it? A very high three. Okay. Very I thoroughly high. recommend. Not the best thing I've ever seen. Very good viewing. Well, it does sound like, you know, they said something about Netflix. Netflix says that they want to be making gourmet burgers. And it sounds like, you know, it's like, it's nice, it's flashy and everything like that, but it's still junk food. So, yes, that's exactly it. Yeah, and, and yeah, it sounds, like, it sounds like they have nailed exactly what they're going for there. All right, cool. So that's, that's that done. Uh, I just realized that I can show a timer to everybody. Mm. Can, everybody can everybody see a timer on the screen at the moment? Mm, oh. Nope. What if I do that? Yes. yes yes oh oh wow oh oh good lord the power <laughs> the power <laughs> there you go uh, the power for, uh, for anybody for anybody who is not watching this or wh who's not watching this on zoom or watching this on youtube you have no clue what we're talking about because it's just audio but i have just we're recording over zoom and i've just realized that i can put a timer so everybody knows how much longer they have to talk <laughs> <Not enough>. <laughs> <laughs> the pressure. Oh. yes which i can totally ignore when it comes to me because hey because i have the power <laughs> and i can abuse it as i see fit all right cool and now sean let us go onto the film that I think there is no chance in hell of you liking. <laughs> yeah. There's no, there's no chance in hell of you liking Night Swim because I've heard about this and once I heard the, once I heard the, the, once I heard the words haunted swimming pool, I was like, oh, Sean is going to rip this a new one. <laughs> if, that's if he even sees it. I mean, Sean's going to rip. So, Sean, tell me, am I right? Do you indeed yeah. not like Night Swim? <laughs> I'm I'm that predictable, am I? I'm that predictable. Um, no, we don't like Night Swim. You're exactly right. You nailed it as you always did. Um, I went to see this with with a couple of friends because the timing was right, and uh, the, the friends I go with they tend to like that sort of thing, you know. Or, yeah. Or, um, and I quite go along for the for the heckling side of it really more than anything else because I find it hilarious a lot of the time. Um, so yeah, basically the story is. Um, it starts off, there's like a little prologue beforehand where something rather nasty happens with the swimming pool um, and then the titles come up and then it switches to this 
baseball player. Um, and he's played by by uh, Wyatt Russell. Russell's son, Wyatt Russell, yeah. Yeah. And um and he's he's injured. He's a big league baseball player, so obviously because John said me, how did you get the money to do that? And I said, Well, he's, if he's a baseball player, he's gonna be be rich. Anyway, they decide to to, to buy this this place, but they haven't been told what's happened there. And the, the swimming pool's empty and they decide that, oh, we'll have to fill this because it'll be good for therapy and it'll be so so an ideal place to buy, you know. But yeah. obviously, because so he's 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 experienced an injury, and so he's trying it, to go through he's through rehab. Exactly right. Yep. Exactly right. But obviously, strange things begin to happen, you know, and <laughs> the strange appearances by the most ridiculous looking. What? No. Right, but you never believe, and it's like, oh, we can see what's coming now. And it's like, no, don't do it. You, you know, like the I always go on about these things. Like it's so predictable. Why would people do stuff? Look, there's something there. I try and get that. I try and just reach over. You know what's going to happen, man. Don't worry. You know. So there's no, and they try to be jumpy, and there's no jumpiness. And for me, it was more of like a, a family melodrama thing because there's a lot oh, of yeah. stuff goes on where there's an incident where they 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 try to um, sort of you know become friendly with the neighbourhood, and there's an incident that happens in the pool where you know. One one of the members of the family does something that's not particularly nice, and they're like, "Oh, we're not coming around here again. Oh, we don't like you." Which I think would have been, I think there would have been sort of police involved and things like that for for, for the incident that happened. But anyway, yeah. never mind. Um, and then gradually things begin to get get you know a little bit darker, and you've got all these uh, oh, you know scream moments and people swim. You know this. You know when they're swimming in the pool and then they get and someone's well, under. Uh, it's just like you know how can you how long can you hold your breath you know can you be under for like something like three and a half minutes i don't know but anyway um so okay so that, that's that's enough of the story now sean tell us okay. exactly what is it that what is it that attracted your ire with this the most the most the most <laughs> attract the eye the 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 oh the ridiculous ending the most ridiculous really really i mean i was i was pretty Someone i thought pull the plug okay. out yeah, something along those lines. But it's just like there's something really, really horrible happened, and then it's like uh, all this stuff has happened, and someone's let's let's just say you know the usual things like there's a, a possession type of thing, and then it's yeah. just like there's not, and it's like what? How, how did that Got suddenly happen? Do you, do you know what I mean? All like that, you know, suddenly oh yeah, come come back to the light, you know, and it's like <laughs> oh right, that's it, that's it, is it? That's it. You're telling me that that's it. So all those horrible creaturey things that have been doing loads of stuff and you can just do that now and everything's all all good and hunky dory so yeah and it's it's yeah I don't, well you know yeah it's it's laughable it's laughable I, I i suppose i suppose i should just give it one because i laugh so much you know and but it's the same why are you doing that why do people do stuff when they know oh there's something wrong with the swimming pool Mom, there's something wrong with the swimming pool. I'm not sure. Oh no, it's it's okay, it's okay, you know, like that. <laughs> oh look, this let's just see what's that. Oh no. Believe what? <laughs> You've been wrong. pulled in. You've been pulled in. Now there's a surprise, you know. <laughs> there's something wrong know. with the swimming pool. It's like Yeah, something wrong what? with the swimming pool. Don't worry, go for a swim, we'll clear that's your head. it. Yeah, 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 that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. Let's let's let, yeah. Oh, anyway, so yeah, so basically it is it's, it's it's a terribly awful film. Um, not even laughable and this is probably, you know, I mean, I've seen a few horror movies, but it's going to be 
Sorry, cinema. Sorry, cinema. This gets a one. This gets a one. It was a really, really that film. bad. Yeah, it was a horror of a horror film, and it was was pretty damn awful. And that's about all we can say about Night Swim. <laughs> Night Swim. I just thought. I just thought. There's no way. There's no way. In hell. There's no way in hell. Sean has anything but contempt for this. Film. Contempt is the word. Contempt is the word. <laughs> okay, so one star for Night. That actually sounds worse than one of the other really bad horror films I watched this week where the creature in it was basically a giant amphibious mole rat. And that's damning document. Because this is the thing, right? Okay, so for instance, with Night Swim, Night Swim, I have heard there's, I've seen people give it a four star and I've seen a lot more, a lot more people give it like nothing. And, and, I, and I feel like it's essentially... It's a kind of film where um, it's a bit like Salt Burn, which I, I want to talk about later. Oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to talk about Salt. And, and it's it's a film. I think it's a kind of. It sounds to me like a kind of film that once you've decided it's a certain type of film, you can have a lot of fun with it. Like 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 Sharon saying, "Hello, Max," because I can now tell Holly's cats apart. But <laughs> but, but it's like oh um, yeah, it, it's it's a kind of thing. if you decide it's this type of film and you think okay, this is what we're this is what we're having, you can have a love. Because there's bits about this that you've mentioned and things that I've heard that almost sound like, you know, a parody of horror films. <laughs> as a, like a parody of, of like, you know, the sort of horror films that you hate, Sean, as opposed to try, actually being a proper horror film. So I can imagine, uh, well, Holly, because you, you are the, is, is the word doyen of, of bad movies? You, you, you actively love bad movies. I do. I've you watched actively... about four this week. Yeah, you actively you actually love bad movies. And it's the kind of thing I can imagine that you were watching and be like, that was glorious. <laughs> While Sean is just there throwing things at the screen, going, why would you do that? <laughs> All right, cool. So let's get on to, and um, with the, yeah, with everything I've heard, and Sean, you said sorry, cinema, because obviously we're Netflix or cinema, and the scores that we are given determine whether Netflix or cinema wins this week. And I think, Sean, you've just sort of said that Night's Motive has meant that there's no chance for cinema winning this week, especially as it is going to be up against Mr. Bates versus the Post Office. Sharon, <laughs> tell us about Mr. Bates versus the Post Office and why everybody should care. Well, this is something that has obviously hit the news in Britain in a big way. And in many ways, it is this act as, an, as, a, as a spur to get things moving. This is a story that goes back to the late 1990s, when the post office in Great Britain introduced a new computerised system called the Horizon System. And it was introduced to a lot of the post-sub-post um, sub offices around the country. And a sub-post office, for those who aren't aware, is normally a post office that is run alongside a shop, or alongside a business in the community. It's not run entirely by the post office. It's normally run by an independent person who runs it as a sideline to their main business. And so these are the small businesses all over the rural parts of the country, all over the country, and in smaller yeah. communities. They're everywhere. Yeah. Yes, and, so and I'll say, and I'll say ju just before 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 we get serious, I'd just like to say, I remember there was one running cows when I used to live on the Isle of Wight. There was yeah. one run, running cows by a very, very not nice lady. <laughs> who we took to call in, who we who we took to call in Bellatrix Lestrange because mm. of her hair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they are they, they do top on the strange places. We've got a sub post office just up the road from us. Yeah. And yeah, there's there can be a bit of an odd bunch. Uh, but anyway, so in the late nineties they introduced the post office, introduced this new computerized system that was brought by Fujitsu and it was introduced to these small sub post offices. 
And then pretty soon afterwards, people started noticing there's some sort of glitches that they they couldn't quite get their books to balance. And when they um, signed the, the contracts with the sub postmaster as a sub postmaster or mistress, um, the, the contract said basically that you are responsible for any shortfall. So yeah. if there's any accounting errors and you are down a thousand pounds, you are responsible for paying that thousand pounds back. Mm. And then so these post people suddenly they would find that the, the computer software was telling them they were thousands of pounds down and they were liable for this money. And the post office basically said, well, you are either false accounting or you're stealing or you're committing some sort of fraud, but you are responsible for all of these errors. It's not, a, there's nothing wrong with the, the horizon system. You are the only person who has reported this. And so this is your issue. And so um, it started off with like a couple of people who basically were like, well, okay, I'll pay this money back, but I'm sure I'm, I'm promising you I did not take it. And it's coming up to like 20, 30, 40,000 pounds. These people have paying back from their savings. They're borrowing the money to pay it back because the post office is saying, if you don't pay this back, we are going to send you to prison. And the post office is one of these anomalies in Britain where they can prosecute their own cases in the courts of law. RSPCA are the same as other agencies where they can prosecute their own cases. It doesn't have to go through the police. It doesn't have to go through the Crown Prosecution Service. So the balance of proof, it's all down to the post office so they can prosecute their own cases. And so uh, these people were then finding out that, yeah, they were being um, charged by the post office, found guilty, and some of them are going to prison, some of them are being fined. Um, but one, um, yeah, but it was, it was a serious matter. And there's one man who had a post office in North Wales who said more or less immediately, there's a problem with the software. This is no way, this is my accounting error, there's a problem with software. And this man, his name is Mr. Alan Bates. And he then spent the next 20 years pursuing the post office for justice to say, uh, and he lost his, he was basically sacked from being a postmaster. He lost his business. He had to relocate his family, him and his wife. But he was not, he was determined he was not going to give in to this bullying by the post yeah. And he pursued this through the years. And he gathered basically one person at a time, these people to bring a case against the post office. And as the years have gone by, it turns into not just like one or two people, it was hundreds of people who were prosecuted, who were convicted, who were imprisoned, who were fined, who lost thousands and thousands of pounds. And as a as a response to this television drama, um, which was excellently done, by the way, Toby Jones playing uh, Alan Bates and a cast, a host of well-known faces who are just remarkable in their role. And it filled me with such righteous indignation yeah. So I think that anyone watching this would probably feel exactly the same that this was just this uh, this this uh, this it's just unjust it was just, it was just you know, outrageous that they, they still went through this one man who pro who stood up in court saying no I'm going to fight this because I can prove I didn't do it because I can show you that there was a problem with the software yeah he was found guilty he was charged he, had to, he was ordered to repay the cost like thirty thousand pounds shortfall. And then he was ordered by a judge to pay all of the court costs, which was £300,000. And so this was a man who hadn't done anything wrong and suddenly had to find to pay a bill of £330,000. Uh. He lost his home, he lost his business, he lost his livelihood, he lost his good name for something he hadn't done. And some people, because they were so scared of the system, they said, OK, I'll plead guilty to false accounting, even though I know I haven't done anything wrong, because you're telling me if I don't plead guilty to false accounting, 
I will go to prison. Yeah. And so it was just dreadful. And so we have then seen, I think what reminds, struck me as the similarities with One Life is how the power of drama, as in One Life, it was like a, a sort of entertainment show, that's life. But at the moment we see in Britain how this has suddenly become something we've been aware of for a long time. And I was aware of the post office scandal. Mm. Yeah. It's been in the news oh, for years. That's only right. Only was... seeing this, to see it sort of dramatised in this way, made you just literally burn with indignation. And I think this has sort of spread. And like now the government is saying, okay, enough's enough. We have got to step in and do something about this. The power had... of good drama, I think. Is amazing. Yeah, I found so... out the other day that somebody I know locally's parents had to um, declare bankruptcy as sub postmaster, postmistress because of it. And they'd lost everything. Yeah, it's astonishing. But the power of this drama, I think, is, is what's astonishing is that how. Um, a simple drama on the television that I mean, can basically make people suddenly sit up and notice because yeah. it makes it more personal, doesn't it? Suddenly, um, by having these characters in your home and you see them, be, you see them behind the closed doors, you see their lives, the impact on their families, the impact on their children. A drama that reflects real life done well um, has got real power to it. And I think that's what really struck me when I was watching it thinking, you know, and the seeing the outcome of what's happened with this drama. Is that you know it has real impact um, yeah yeah because i mean at the, at the moment because the, i think this drama was released on new year's day um and this is about two weeks later and today when i got in the car and i put on the radio i feel like i go into the car about three or four times and on radio five live they were talking about this they were talking about this and i, and I think that the 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 drama has really given uh an impetus added impetus of we can't let them get away with this we can't we, we, because I feel like it was kind of it's kind of like you know the big the big bad corporation which happened to be the post office slash the government just punching down on these tiny people or, or these little people just sort of saying we're big we're gonna say this is what it is and you can't get you can't get away and I think like the, this has made, is really sort of pushed it Sean you were gonna say something sorry yeah no I was just gonna say that I was I mean it's funny enough last year there was a, a radio four that was serialized you should have it on it there was a whole thing on this that 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 so yeah so. Uh, and that was on the radio, but like like Sharon says, on the TV, you, you actually see it more, I think, more people. But yeah, no, I was, it made me just listen to the radio programme. It was it used to be on at quarter to two every sort of lunchtime, and they, you know, like Radio 4, they do, and it, and it was a whole song, and it's like, oh my God, and I've, I've felt yeah. <laughs> lots of indignation. I thought, oh, that is, that's just so cruel, but now it's being televised, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a good thing. It's even more, because I think it, it, TV or opens it up to more people doesn't it and yeah. it has made it has made a huge difference it was the first thing in, in the first prime minister's questions of the year was the was the post office they're doing things and it's only happened because of this drama which is both transformative and horrific that it takes an itv drama for something to be done about something that they've known about for five for, for years, know, for five years. This could yeah. have been with five years ago, and it wasn't. Yeah. Because I remember I heard about this. I heard about this a while back, and I remember thinking, "Nah, it can't. The, no, that couldn't have happened. Seriously, <laughs> uh, like the more you looked at it, you just sort of thought they they couldn't. Just a computer glitch, and they ruined people's lives. Mm. And and I, and I remember thinking that couldn't have happened. And the more I looked at it, I was like, seriously, they went to those lengths, and and I'm and I'm happy, and I guess 
sort of like you know what you were saying with one life you said that it's a it's a five-star story but they made a one-star uh, a three-star film about it and it sounds like with this for anything i've heard they made a five-star sh- tv show yes that, absolutely about that makes every that that takes you right to the heart of it and i, I feel like there's very few people who have um who have watched this who have come away going or well, anything other than uh, i think the word is indignation <laughs> that one just has to I, keep coming back again I think what's the bad thing is the actual post office itself should have known and saying we're having so many prosecutions. There's got to, you know, because the majority of people, surely, if you're going to be a postmaster, you know, it's going to be, you're not. Honest people uh, on the whole. Yeah, 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 generally on the whole. And I mean, they must have known, said, oh, it's not isolated. It's not an isolated case or an isolated case. It's it's hundreds. No, 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 no. People, bureaucracy, people are not in the habit of saying that it's my fault. I always remember the, I always remember the Incredibles. It goes, it's the bureaucracy. (laughs) Well, apparently part of it is a, it started from a Victorian position where post um, masters and mistresses were seen to be a bit jumped up and trying to be better than they were. So everybody had a sort there was a historical expectation that they would possibly be trying to pilfer funds. Mm. And then when they were taken to court, they weren't, the onus was on them to prove their innocence. As opposed to... Not for the post office to prove their guilt. And so the fact that there was no evidence of where this money had gone that they hadn't spent it, that it hadn't appeared in anyone else's bank accounts, that there were no no one was off to a tropical island. Didn't matter. Because <laughs> um, I think if you look at it as a police investigation, mm. that's the first thing you do is you chase the money. You think, yeah. where has the money gone? And then you would look for bank statements and say, okay, if you've got £10,000 missing, where did that £10,000 go? And then you want to trace that money. But they didn't. They never did that. They never just said, we've got £10,000 missing. You have to repay it. And then as soon as they repaid it, it's like, Okay, you've admitted it because you've repaid it, so you've got your place. Oh, and do you know where that money? Oh, that makes me want went? to punch somebody. So the yeah. money that disappeared, that basically disappeared, that wasn't there. This money then existed. Basically, it was held in central post office funds, and then after it had been there for a certain amount of time, it just went into profits. So all of these people have bankrupted themselves. And the money that they have lost, that has destroyed them, has gone into um, yeah, profit. office profits. Yeah. It's, it's because it not... never existed before. So this 25, it's not a missing 26,000 yeah. no. pounds. It was like, this is... No, no money. The, it would never... Yeah, it didn't exist before. You've just taken this money that was never missing oh, in the first God. place. And then oh. you've gone... So you have just pocketed that. Because like, you haven't got a shortfall anywhere. So that 26,000 pounds they've taken off like one individual. There is no shortfall to, for that to fill that gap. So this is basically an extra twenty-six thousand pounds. Yeah, they're, that it's essentially they're essentially extorting people. Yeah, the post office was essentially extorting people. And you could see it, as you say, not even complicated forensic accounting. There's not a gap. There's not a gap. The money that you say has gone hasn't appeared anywhere else. So you're going to get the money that hasn't disappeared to be found from somewhere that it doesn't exist in order to put it somewhere where it's not missing so that it can then be appropriated into a different fund because it's money that's not meant to be there and nobody knows what to do with it. Rampant racketeering. Racketeering, that's what it was. Do you think anybody will get prosecuted for it or do you think everyone will get away with it? Do you think it'll be like a blowover? 
no one is getting prosecuted for this. I mean, nobody went to jail. No, nobody well, went I, to meant, jail. I meant, yeah, like the people that, you know, the, the post, post office, office side. I yeah, that's what I mean. That's I what I mean. And that's why I'm just, saying nobody's going to jail. <laughs> I don't think so. I think it's going to be one of those labyrinthine things. Everyone else is going to be, this was, I'm responsible for this little bit. And I'm not, I wasn't responsible for that bit. Yeah, and I'm not the aware. person who's responsible for that, they'll be like, you know, well, I was, I was, um, I'm only responsible for I only know this bit, the picture. So there is no one. And there are people who even, who oversaw it, like the, this, um, the lady who's had, had has handed back her CBE. Mm. Um, even she's saying, well, you know, I only know what I know. It's the fact yeah. that, it's the fact that even Fujitsu, who are arguably the ones to blame here, that they wrote this piece of thing that had this, it seems like quite a simple glitch in it that ruined loads of lives. And even after that, I saw something that they have been, even after this, they have still been awarded something like 3.7 billion Government of, contracts. Of, of government contracts after this to to, to keep providing things so well, they, they haven't done anything they haven't done anything criminal they have successfully competed in procurement processes there is nothing technically to disqualify them from bidding and winning yeah, there's, there's nothing there's nothing but but the fact and is the, but, but the fact is if a plumber goes to your house and puts a toilet in backwards so that, like, you know, it actually flows into your room as opposed to flowing out of your house. That similar shouldn't be getting another job. <laughs> There's, um, I, I, I was listening today on the, uh, yeah, it would have been about, yeah, lunchtime-ish, the news, and it was saying that, the, that they're still using the Fujitsu thing. Mm. And, and, but it's so old and antiquated that Fujitsu are the only ones that can... can oh, can, my God! The, oh. No one else, no one else, no one else can... It's only Fujitsu that... that and and Avon said the spokesman said, "Oh, we are trying to change change the system." So they've still yeah. got it. Probably uh, there's not a really simple off-the-shelf package that you could buy that would basically do it. There's yeah. so many. <laughs> it's just mystifying. This is absolutely this is, uh, mystifying. Oh my word! I can put myself I would be, annoyed. I'm going I, to on my sort of to-do list for the next day or so is to see if the um the testimony from the select committee today which had the one of the prosecute the royal mail investigators on there. I would be really interested to see what was what yeah, was said it, what happened i'm not sure if i've got the stomach for it but and yeah. i really feel for him as well because that's going to be can you imagine finding out that your decisions like that when you thought you were doing the right thing you see now this is the I and this is part of the reason why I have not watched this show yet because I'm not sure I can handle it. Same. Same. <laughs> I, I, I'm really not sure I can handle it because it's it just it's okay I'm going to try I'm going to try and finish this on uh, on uh, because I was reading a story about this show and it turns out that one of my friend's dads is actually in the show not as an actor mm-hmm. like he is being played by somebody in the show. So oh, okay yeah, he wow. is. Uh, yeah, the, the, I was reading this, and I'll, I'll read the the line I read from the BBC thing. Is like, for former Tory MP James, now Baron Abrothnot, a strong supporter of the affected post office staff's campaigns for justice, is played in the series by actor Alex Jennings. <laughs> and and I and so I, I saw I read that I was I was kind of like, hang on a second. I immediately sort of like sent I sent uh, uh, my friend Alex. I sent him a message going. Uh, because I just realized, I was like, hang on, that's your dad. I've met that guy. <laughs> I've met that guy. I've hung out in his house and everything like that. And I was like, and I just, just to say, have to say, that is good casting. <laughs> that is really, really good casting. And and, uh, and uh, he, he says that, yeah, that they've just finished. He, his message back was like, 
Oh yeah, he says like, oh, that apparently his dad met Alex Jennings on set, the guy who was playing him on set, and it's it's a, it's a cool guy apparently. It says we've just finished it. It was a pre- it was pretty tough going to experience all the awfulness, <laughs> and made us experience how awesome it is to be fixing these kind of problems in the world. I mean, I'm not sure how how well the problem can be fixed. I'm not sure it can be fixed, but at least there's somebody who is not just trying to put, put the postmasters in the ground, and um yeah and uh. And I, I just reiterated to him. I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I've heard it's, I've heard great things about this show, but I feel like I need to. Uh, I use this. I used the firm gird my loins. I need, to, I need to sort of like you yeah, know, yeah. B- back up my constitution. I need, I need to be in the right frame of mind because my TV might not survive me watching this yeah. show. <laughs> I might, I might break it. It's a tough watch because it's like for these people who've been fighting since the 1990s. When you think about that, you're thinking that's. Yeah, I mean, some, some of them are dead, died. literally. Yeah, yeah. So, some, some of them, them have died. died, yeah. And some of them have taken their lives. I mean, yes. people have because committed of, because suicide because of, oh, they were just driven to it. I think part of it is it's quite unrelenting. So I must admit, I watched it all in one evening, all four episodes, because it was like, you know, I thought I need to get to some point of some sort of conclusion here. Some, some sort of resolution, it, yeah. Yeah, because every time you get to the end of an episode, it's like, you know, they're sort of like, they think they've got somewhere and then they're sort of like, they just all winkle out of it. They say, oh, well, actually, you know, we have had a win. It's like they, they awarded some money. And then by the time they paid the court costs and by the time they paid the solicitor's fees and blah, 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 they were allocated something like less than £20,000 each. <laughs> and they were awarded like millions. The settlement was like millions. You've been, and then, but then they still haven't seen any of this money because uh, it's like they, there's appeal, there's all sorts of, and you're like going, ah. Okay. It's now 75 grand per yeah, person now it's not that that's very much money when you think about it well, compared yeah. to what they lost yeah they were yeah. best okay. casting okay. i just say best casting sad casting sajid javid as himself yeah i thought it was a howie was it Zahawi? it was a howie yes yeah, oh, plays himself yeah. it was a yes yes i'm you're right because i looked yes. at him thinking that looks very much like it is that <laughs> yeah. really him <laughs> yeah it was a Zahawi because yeah, that was the story but okay uh, I'm about to break out the tears here. So, Sharon, could you just tell us? Uh, I know it's horrible to reduce it down to this, but how many stars would you give this? I think I think it's one of those dramas that you can't help but give it a five. Yeah. I think because of the impact it's had, the impact it had on me personally, but the impact it's had on the wider on society, on the government who are actually sitting up now and taking real notice about this thing. I think this is the ultimate thing you can ask for from a drama, isn't it? That it has it's a drama, but it has real world impact, and it has. It does. It works the power of good, basically. So yeah. I think it was a five-star story anyway. But it's they presented it in as a five-star drama, and I think Toby Jones is just that sort of character that you. He's snarky. He's funny. He's determined. He probably would be a pain to live with, but he's portrays this so well that you were like going, "Come on, don't give yeah. up." Yeah. And um, yeah, so I think. It ticked all the boxes in terms of what a drama should do and what it actually delivered. It had the intention and then it had the de- it delivered that. So yeah, it's got to be a five star, I think. Okay, all right, cool. Okay, um, to save me talking for two minutes and to get me out of this sort of like pit that I'm currently in, Holly, you have two minutes to talk about Monster Nado. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. Right, I'm primed and ready. Get my timer going. And Monster Nado, film set in Florida. Not entirely sure why. There are tornadoes except they're water spouts and apparently the weather forecast need to report on it and it's funny at this time of year except it's not clear why it's funny at this time of year. There's a scientist 
who looks like Matt Damon, who's eaten lots and lots of burgers. It's not Matt Damon, but his character's name is Matt, which helps in remembering who he is. And he then gets betrayed by somebody else who steals the information that he's been presenting to the military. But you don't need to worry because that guy ends up dying because his plane gets taken down by a pterodactyl. Um, <laughs> he ends up in this hotel. I'm not sure why he's in this hotel. In this hotel are also three women who are dressed up as prostitutes and are apparently from the CIA, Interpol and somewhere else. And I wasn't sure if they were actually meant to be agents or pretending to be agents because they acted so badly. And I also, I hate to say this, thought one of them might have been in drag, but they weren't. And they were trying to capture a criminal who they did, but I don't know why they needed to be undercover as prostitutes because they could have done that without it but they got him and they went downstairs in the building and the security guard was locking the building and said nobody could go out and then they said oh no some people want to go out so some people were allowed out but he locked the doors and nobody could get back in and the building was designed to survive a hurricane after Katrina so people went outside and then there were pterodactyls and then they stayed in the in the hotel everybody else and then one of the agents stayed downstairs for reasons to protect them from the giant crabs and i still don't know why there were giant crabs and somehow the giant crabs made it into the building and she shot somebody in the head and then she got killed by the giant crabs and i've only got 17 seconds yet so we end up with a megalodon um more giant crabs it turns out the security guard was actually the founder of all of the torture practices at guantanamo bay and when he was about to torture the bad guy he got taken out through the window by a pterodactyl and another guy managed to safely radio the military who sent in um planes but i don't know who he was or why he radioed the military and he said he wasn't going to make it and he didn't because he was on the top of a car it was being circled by sharks and a shark jumped over it and ate him and then there was a giant octopus that was climbing the outside of a building and that was taken down by i think possibly fighter jets but i'm not sure and i don't know why the fighter jets were really there and it was very difficult to follow but everybody died except the people who didn't die and there were planes and it looked like it was probably filmed on an iphone right ladies and gentlemen may i present to you Monsonado, and now I still don't know why it happened or what the science was, but the scientists said a thing. <laughs> and this is why I had to talk about it. Because now I feel better. Where do I get this film? I will do my best to arrange access for you because you have to see it. Eaten by a giant crab. I just need to see that. It's just, oh, there's a crocodile or an alligator. I don't know where it came from, why it was there. I don't know where the sharks came from either, and I really don't know oh. why Megalodon smashed through a wall, but it did. Okay, I think... I think, uh, uh, thank, uh, thank you for that, Holly. That, Do that, you feel better cheered, now? That's cheered me up. That's cheered me up. <laughs> <laughs> but, but seriously, seriously. And this is why I watch these films, so you guys don't have, have to, and you get a two and a half minute pricey. <laughs> but uh, what, I, what I will say, what I will say is, I still apologise for bringing this film, I still <laughs> apologise to the world for bringing this film that's to your attention. You've all had to hear two and a half minutes about what actually happened. That was a great, what a great two and a half minutes that was as well. <laughs> Oh, and I have Crabs, megalodons. It's, it's just, it's just kind of like every, every now and then it was just kind of like, and there was a pterodactyl, and there was a pterodactyl, and there was another pterodactyl. I don't know why there were pterodactyls either. This was never really made clear. I mean, it might have been, but I stopped paying attention because it was too stupid. So the, I'd the, keep tuning back in and go, what? I, I think they had the pterodactyl button on the on the video effects machine, so I just yes. kept hitting the pterodactyl button. I am almost a hundred percent positive that that's the case. <laughs> it's and, like pterodactyl. Yeah. 
And the octopus. The octopus was extraordinary. It's the worst CGI I have ever seen in my life. Uh, okay, cool. and, and I've seen bad CGI, but... Oh, all right. I, 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 I think, I think, I think we, 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 are, we, are, we are a bit over time. Does everybody have 10 minutes? Does everybody yes. have 10 minutes? Yes. Yeah, sure. sure you have, you have 10 yeah, 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 I'll get 10 minutes, 10 minutes. Okay, cool. I, I think I'm just going to say, I'm just going to say, uh, obviously, Netflix and Friends have won this week. Um, so, yeah. um, mostly down to the to the excellence of Mr. Bates versus the Post Office, but also in a large part because of Nightwing. <laughs> <laughs> because because, because Nightwing Nightsw- Nightsw- went, you know what? In this week of Mr. Bates versus the Post Office, I think that needs to win. And even though I think it will win, I'm just going to make really, really sure, <laughs> just so, like, you know, scut on my own boat <laughs> <We also laughs> in a swimming pool, in a haunted swimming pool. We also didn't allow Monster Nado to actually get a review, which also helped. That is not get no. No, <laughs> no, uh, no. How many I, stars I refuse. did you give it? <laughs> no, refuse. <laughs> Zero that's, and that's, five that's all barely, at the same time. That's barely a film. <laughs> it's like that's that, that's brilliant. I watched a thing on YouTube once. I said you right, but and I watched this thing. It said the top five tanks of all time, and they went through the list. And then there was this. The second then was the worst five tanks of all time, and they were exactly the same tanks. And the bloke went through the first one. He was saying what's so great about it. And then he was going through saying what's so bad about them. So, yeah. I really yes. want to watch that. <laughs> All right. Okay, cool. So, um, now, okay. In a, every now and then what we do at this show is that. So, one of us reviews something. And after that, one somebody else gets to go see it. And, Sean, you said that after I reviewed Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom last week. Yeah. And then you got a chance to go see it. So, anybody who wants to know about the plot of the film listen to last week's show sean you're wound up you're ready oh, go oh my goodness me and, 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 I, and I think and i think it's fair to say it's fair to say we don't care about spoilers here no it's, we don't it's not worth it it's not, worth it's, not worth, it's really really not worth it it's just horrendous it's like horrendous acting horrendous cgi all the time it's got no it's just no uh what's the word it's just it's so inconsistent the inconsistencies mm-hmm. yep. are ridiculous and yep. it's like what is going on here? You know, you've got Golf Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's like, oh. Yeah, so, so, so you, know, you know, I mentioned that about Dolph Lundgren, that I don't know what's happened, but he was really, really difficult yeah, to understand. Yeah, yeah. You couldn't understand yeah, yeah. what he said. <laughs> Perhaps it was, was being underwater, but the inconsistency of it, and it was like, oh man, this is all over the place. This is just like like crazy. And it was all CGI, wasn't it? It was just masses and masses. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. CGI. Have to be. It, was, it was all totally, and... I didn't think it was that particularly, oh, I don't know. Yeah, so no. So, I mean, I'm trying to think. You gave it a three. For just me, about, yeah. Yeah, just about. I probably <laughs> would give it a two if it was. In fact, I might even give it one just because if I, to, yeah, I, I didn't like it at all, Tozen. It made me really angry. It made me huffy. It made me cross my legs and go, oh, my God, what am I watching here? I could oh, just visualise your <laughs> yeah. posture. <laughs> I don't even think I could have been I don't think I could have been bothered enough to be angry about no, the film. Yes, yeah, I can understand. <laughs> yeah. I suppose I just thought, well, yeah, this is what it is. I mean, what what are DC doing? What are they trying to do? Hmm. You know? <laughs> I mean I mean, I don't know. You probably look more than me, but what have the reviews been like for it? Oh, they've been they've been uniformly terrible. Oh okay. Right. Okay. They'd be uniformly terrible. I mean, because I mean everything you said about it. Because I know I mentioned about the fact that Jason Momoa's um, performance from one scene to the next is kind of like 
is is it serious? Is it funny? Is it is it what does he does he like this guy? Does he hate him? Does he want to break him in half? Does he want yeah, to? Yeah, I know what's going on. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. It's so inconsistent, you know. And with getting hurt and then not getting hurt, and you, you know, it's like, yeah, you, know, you can take that, and then all of a sudden something mild, and it's like, oh, you've you've taken that, and yet before you could have withstood that, you know. But anyway, never yeah. mind. So, so yeah, so I didn't like it. I thought it was awful. Worst probably superhero movie I've seen, and I'll be interested wow. to know about Saltburn because I got a feeling. I don't know. I had a feeling in your in yep. your mind that you perhaps didn't like it as much as I did. So oh no, no. Okay, okay, okay. So, so okay. I'll say Saltburn. So obviously, Sean previously reviewed Saltburn, and I I saw it over cinema, over the because all of a sudden it showed up on Prime Video. It's just on Prime Video, like just before Christmas, and it was like kind of soul burn, and I wanted to watch it, but because of my newly found parental status, I <laughs> I couldn't make it to the cinema to see that because it's Emerald Fennel. I think that she does quite uh, interesting stuff and everything because she did Promising Young Woman and all that, and I wanted to see this film, and um, I liked it. I I, actually, oh, I quite oh, like. Wow. Yeah, oh, no, good, I, I, good, I think good. I think it, it is a good film. It's a good film. There are four scenes. There are four scenes in this film that I could barely watch, that you had to go, no, you're not doing that. No, oh, oh, my God. Right. Ah! Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you have your hands, you have, you have your hands, uh, pretty much have my hands over my eyes. And I was looking like through, in my, through my fingers going, what they, is it over yet? No, no. Oh, my God, he's still going. <laughs> and, it's, the, the, and these scenes have, like, for instance, let's put it this way. You know the song Murder on the Dance Floor by Dance Sophie Alex Baxter? That is, that is back in the chart. It made it into the top 10 yeah. because of this film, because it's used. <laughs> That's, it is used in uh, one of those scenes. Yeah, yeah, I know the scenes you're talking about. <laughs> it's it's used in one of those scenes in this she film. Was, but... She was on the radio as well, talking about it. Yeah, and exactly. It was right I mean, back, you know? Yeah, to- talking about the power of TV or film or anything like that. Like, all of a sudden, you have all these people who, and I, and it is weird to say this, all these people who were not <laughs> born when that song came, song came out, out. Yeah. who were kind of like, what song is that? And I've been shazamming it and Spotifying it and everything like that because it shows up in this film. And... The the theme with this film that that gets me is because there's a bit where the film switches and it kind of like hang on a second, but we, 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 you were just like this all of a sudden you're like this and it's, it starts off looking like it's like a satire like a satire of the class struggle between like you know the haves and the have nots and everything like that but then as it goes on there's other sort of like almost thrillery elements that come into it and all that and if you are going to this film expecting a satire of class in the uk this film does not work like that but if and this is what i decided if you accept the emerald fennel what she does is make pulpy nonsense this is excellent because this is this is an excellent pulpy nonsense thing where because there's things towards the end of the film you're like hang on a second but that doesn't make any sense how does how does that work why would you do that how how stupid are the rest of you that you just let this guy keep doing this and and when the film ends you're like what Uh, but once you accept that this is actually pulpy nonsense and it's not a satire it's it's pulpy nonsense that has hints of satire of class things in there great film if you're expecting like a satire that tells you about oh the haves and haves nots and why this is good and why that is bad you're going to walk around going, oh, for goodness sake, I thought it went totally ridiculous towards the end. And I'm, I've come to the point of view that, no, the ridiculousness was always the point. That's where it was not always... A, not another bride's head. It's, it's, yeah, it's not another bride's head. It's not anything like that. There are... There are there, I think this, this film owes a massive debt, a massive debt to the novels of a... 
uh, the thing is, I, I feel like if, 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 if I say the novels that I feel this film was a massive debt to, I feel like it just spoils the entire film. <laughs> I, think right, okay. the, I think it spoils the entire film that you know, but it's by, it's by a female author with the initials PH. And, um, and this film was a massive debt because I was watching this thing going, hang on a second. I think I've never read that book. But isn't this the exact same plot of that book? <laughs> like what happens in this film and where it goes? And that I think quite early on, I see exactly what's going on. I see what's going on. I know what's going to go and who's going to who's going to do what was going to happen. Everything like that. And the fact that none of the other characters see it or anything like that, I'm just like, okay, no, this is this film is supposed to be pulpy nonsense. It's supposed to be pulpy nonsense. Just the the way in is this sort of like it seems like a satire, but it isn't really that. It's supposed to be. It's it's like. It's like a book you buy on a plane and then you throw away. And I think, <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, I think with the class thing, though, I think the dinner party thing where they've got the... Um, is it Helen Bonham Carter? Is it Helen? No, no, it's Rosamund oh, Pike. Rosamund, no, no, not Rosamund Pike. The other one, the, the other girl that... Oh, of, Carrie Mulligan. Oh, yeah, you the, can stay, Carrie Mulligan. You can yeah, the character that only, yeah. gets, that only gets referred to by the name, oh, poor dear Pamela. And poor throughout the Pamela. film... Her name is just, I think in the credits, she's referred to as poor dear Pamela. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's, and nobody ever calls her Pamela. They, they always call her poor dear Pamela <laughs> throughout the entire film. So yeah, I think, I think, I think there, there is some satire in there. There's, it's very, very well observed. The performances are great across the yeah. board. Oh, good. But, I'm pleased you liked it. Yeah, no, no, no. I did like it. I did like it. But it's just, but um, it was, if you, but but you have to you have to accept it's a lurid thriller it's pulpy nonsense and once you accept that it is fun um if you think oh no this is supposed to be like you know a drama that talks about forget that nonsense it's not supposed to be a drama that talks about all that kind of stuff it's not supposed to be that i have decided that's that's not the point of this whole thing and um but yeah uh but yeah the four scenes and sean we can talk about i can talk in length about that but i think like those four scenes are almost kind of like the linchpins of the film yeah. some of them are very very spoilerific but I'll just say one of them involves soil, one of them involves bathwater, <laughs> one of them involves dancing, mm-hmm. and one of them involves. I don't even know if I can say. Don't want to dance floor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> one, of them, uh, uh, one, one of them involves. Uh, let, okay, let, uh, let me put it this way: one of them involves vampirism. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. One of them involves vampirism. That's what I'll, I will put it that way. I'll put it that way because that I think I can say without spoiling anything. But I was those scenes. I was just kind of like, "What the hell is this going on?" Ah, I thought I was watching Bride's Head revisited. <laughs> like, so yeah, yeah. Well, I, I liked. Uh, I thought Soulborn was good. What, what, what do you think Sharon would make of it? That's because I'd be interested. Ooh, in that. ooh, ooh. I know, I know. That's what I mean. I'd be intrigued because I, I think it could go one way or the other. Okay, I'm Sharon. Gonna, I'm now going to watch it this evening, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, no, no. Oh, you, Sharon, I think that you will notice the literary things I'm alluding to. You will notice the, because I, I, I don't even think it's hidden. I think it's, it's very yeah, much yeah, like yeah. this. This is, this takes from, from a, from a well-known book. Um, and, I think that there's going to be some bits where you're going to you're going to have to watch it through your hands like I did and I think that if we hadn't spoken about it and you had gone to watch this thing there's some scenes where you might have left the cinema. So... <laughs> I but, have but... I haven't read any spoilers about it but I have inferred by what I have not read that yeah there's probably things that would probably send send my winsometer into the red. 
they would one hundred percent do that. They would want uh, oh red. That's that's actually a good <laughs> that's Ooh. a good color for it. <laughs> like sorry, we're sort of red. But the thing is, the, 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 there are some, and I would say if you watch it because it's on Prime Video now, it's one of these weird things where it's on Prime Video at the exact same time as it's still in cinemas. So there's still cinemas, local cinemas. I can go and watch it now, but it's actually it's. So I I I would say if you, when you reach any of those scenes, try and power through them or skip forward a little bit because. Um, there's other stuff in the film that that is kind of interesting, but yeah, there there are going to be scenes that are just going to make you go, uh, "What the hell? What the actual <laughs> hell am I watching?" <laughs> so, uh, and, and oh, and the other thing I would say about final thing I'll say about this film is that I think it was entirely missold. I think that all of the advertising totally missells the film. Like, the, I think there's a there's a tagline on the on the on the post on the poster that says and we were all slowly losing our minds and i'm like that has nothing to do with the film <laughs> it's absolutely nothing to do with the film so I, I feel like i feel like the people when they made the film the marketing department watched the film and went we have no idea how to sell this <laughs> but i i do think it it is it is actually one of the films of the year if no for no other reason because of all the chat that it has been gathering and getting everybody to talk mm. about it and for getting sorry felix baxter back in the top back 10. in the charts yeah <laughs> so all right cool i think i'm going to stop there and i will leave the other reviews that uh uh our roving reporters cindy drinnen and nina remtula have given me for priscilla and also for what was the other film Ah, oh, yeah, for um, Poor Things. I will yeah. leave that till next week. And until then, I would say, please do get, find us online. Find us on YouTube. Let us know what you think about the different things that we said. Let us know what you think about Soulburn and whether you can identify the four scenes I'm talking about. And um, get in touch with us on, on Twitter at Netflix via Cinema, Facebook Netflix via Cinema, also on YouTube at Netflix via Cinema. And until next week, all I can have to say is a goodbye from me. Uh, it's a goodbye from me. A goodbye for me. Ah. And a goodbye for me. Ah. <laughs> you see, now for those of you who are not English or British, you might not realise, but we just had we just had a polite off. Off. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, we're just gonna no after you, no after polite you, no after off. you, no after you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us. <laughs>